What's up, everybody? This is Jimmy Durkin, and you can catch me, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn talking all things Raiders on our podcast, State of the Nation. Listen for free on Apple every Monday and for weekly bonus episodes exclusively on The Athletic. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin and Ted Wynn back home, and Vic Tafer joining us from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the Raiders lost today, falling to 1-2 and two with a 34-14 defeat to the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, a game that, in a lot of ways, kind of similarities to last week in that the loss is not surprising. I think we all kind of expected a loss here, um, but the manner in which they lost, uh, falling down so so big, so early, and, uh, and and really just not looking good, not looking like a team that was, was having a fighting chance in this game, I think is probably what, if you're a Raiders fan, uh, has you walking away from this one feeling pretty disappointed. Yeah, I thought it was over what in the first five minutes, and they were down. Uh, they were down twenty-one-zero before long, and just um, had no real fight, you know, offensively or defensively. No, no answers. I know. Um, I asked uh, Coach Gruden if I thought if he thought they were flat. That was probably the wrong word, but I didn't. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of the right word. Maybe non-competitive is probably better, but uh, clearly there, it was a mismatch, and just uh, yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough game to watch. Yeah, I mean, we said before the game, this was just a really tough matchup for the Raiders because the Vikings' weaknesses, the Raiders just aren't strong enough in those areas to take advantage of those weaknesses. Like, we knew Kirk Cousins, if you got some pressure on him, he would would play bad, but they couldn't get any pressure on him. And those weapons are just too much for the Raiders to handle. I mean, Curtis Riley on Adam Thielen is just not a good matchup, and that's how they got their first touchdown. And uh, offensively, uh, the Vikings challenge you to beat their corners. And, you know, if you can't beat their corners, then it's going to be a long day, and the Raiders just couldn't do it. You look at that first drive and, and how things just went bad early on. I mean, a third and nine, and you get the defensive holding call on Gary on Conley. Um, an, another third or another first down that was given to him by, by a Jonathan Hankins encroachment. Um, Markel Lee gets injured on that first drive. Um, to have, you know, you. This is not a team that can afford those kind of mistakes and and a third and nine holding call away from the ball, away from the play. I mean, that's 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 an easy way to just uh, to get yourself out of the game early. Yeah, plus I had that third and nineteen and a quick one for sixteen, but didn't make it. But there was a uh, a roughing call on Arden Key. So yeah, the penalties were not definitely didn't help. I'm not sure that it really mattered. I mean, I know uh, Gruden mentioned Mark Kelly's also his absence, but. I, nothing against Mark Kelly. I'm not sure that's that big a deal. I mean, that sounds harsh, but um, their linebackers are not great as it is. I know, but um, yeah, I, I just, like you, you said, that was a bad matchup, and they didn't really have any uh, any great coaching finds or any matchups uh, this week that really you know exploited or took advantage of. Yeah, the one notable injury was Jonathan Hankins. Though when he he went down, it just felt like you know they just opened the gates for for uh, the Vikings to rush down their throats. So. Um, yeah, Hank, Hank was kind of big. Uh, is, did he go back into the game at all? He, he was back in the early third quarter, yeah. So, I mean, he, he missed a, maybe the last touchdown drive, but I think he was in there for the first two. But, yeah, he, obviously he's their best run defender. But um, I still know. I don't think the Raiders have enough playmakers on defense. I mean, that's something in the defense probably, you know, we, we've said some proof from, from last year, and you know, Paul Gunther has some, some new toys. But 
I'm not sure they're great toys. I mean, the toys probably like you know from a garage sale and not uh, not really that shiny. <laughs> so um, it sounds harsh, but uh, yeah, there's not a lot of not a lot of positives really to take from anything. Yeah, I mean the Markel Lee injury hurts more in terms of just numbers. I mean they're not carrying many linebackers at all. So when one goes down, I mean you don't really have. And then Vontez Perfect left for for a while with the elbow injury. I mean at that point, I mean they only had what really like two healthy, two, three healthy linebackers, and that includes Kyle Wilbur, who's mostly a, a special teams guy. Um, and so, uh, I mean, if if Markel Lee is out for a little while, and I know uh, taken back for x-rays, I believe, so um, we'll see there. I mean, if he's out for a while, they're going to have to add uh, add a linebacker to that group. May they get uh, Kabinda back off the uh, practice squad from the Lions. Rescue the season, Jason Kabinda. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that, but all right. Let's move, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, well, I mean, the, the offense, uh, certainly a concern when you look at the way that Derek Carr played. And um, we'll talk about the, the bad interception where it, it just looked like, you know, shades of, of the past where we've seen, they're, they're just, it seemed like he felt pressure that wasn't really quite there yet. And I know, um, you know, he, he, there was uh, some protection issues today. And you know that, 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 that Vikings defense obviously gets after the quarterback really well. Um, and so there's kind of reasons to be, nervous back there a little bit but that was not a play where it seemed like uh he was really under a whole lot of pressure and just uh some bad footwork and uh you know i know he talked about it after the game you know that he he saw foster and then i guess he kind of i don't know he he was trying to maybe go somewhere else and kind of just threw it and floated it and as easy an interception as harrison smith is gonna ever have yeah, I think it came down to his footwork. His, foot, his feet weren't in the right spot. They looked, like you said, like they were kind of happy feet and under pressure. And I know Colton Miller had a bad game, didn't play as well as he had until there was some pressure. But on that play, really no excuse for Derek to make that throw. And also, I think, um, just all told, I think he's missing high a lot. I think a lot of his passes missed high. And even some that were caught. I think mean, he only had, what, seven incompletions. But a bunch of passes that were caught were high. So I just thought he was missing high all day. And that one definitely he paid the price for. Yeah, on that interception in particular, it was it was a stick concept, so it was just a three step drop, and you got to get rid of the ball. Uh, I think he didn't he didn't account for a linebacker dropping out of because the linebacker was on the D line, looking like he's going to blitz, and he dropped out in front of Moreau. It looked like he was trying to get it over him, but you know that's the thing. Like when a play breaks down, it's not supposed to. It doesn't go the way he thinks it is. That's when he gets in trouble because if he waited a second and let Moreau just float out outside a little bit, he could have completed that, but. That's not really something that you um, you kind of focus on during practice when you're practicing that play or when you draw it up. Uh, so yeah, it's just you know that's the thing with Car. He just doesn't adjust well when things don't go as planned. Yeah, and you mentioned the corner the cornerbacks of the Vikings. Obviously, Rhodes kind of took away Tyrell Williams, who's their number one guy. So they definitely didn't have a lot to to go with on offense. That's why you saw Darren Waller have so many catches. You know, and you talk about him just kind of not being quite as accurate with floating balls a little bit. You go back to the one kind of spot in the game where there was maybe a hint of a chance of the Raiders making this a game again late in the the second quarter as they're driving and and they go for it. And Carr has Darren Waller there, a chance, a a ball that if it's placed right, probably a touchdown, at least a big play. And uh, Darren Waller is going to look at that play and say, I got to make that catch. It gets, you know, he gets his hands on it. But as Derek Carr mentioned after the game, he, he's, he's still, he's got to put that in a little bit better spot. If that's a little bit better spot for uh, for Waller, I mean, that probably becomes a pretty easy pitch and catch. And uh, those are just the, the kind of small mistakes that they can't afford. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the offense, they don't take a lot of shots downfield, so any chance for a big play, you got to capitalize on. You can't, you can't miss those chances because they're so few and far between. Yeah, and we, they just have to find a way to get the ball to Darren Waller sooner. It, it feels, you know, like they, they wait till I don't know when it was, maybe like in the second quarter to really get Darren Waller going. But when he's your best weapon and you need to try to catch a rhythm early, especially on a road, you know, you got to find a way to get him the ball. And they, they just don't do that early in games. And, uh, and I think, you know, this game kind of cements it. Waller is your number one receiver. He's your best offensive player, it feels like. Yeah, and take more chances downfield. Throw to him deep more often because if you can't catch, he probably will catch it. He's got great, you know, high point skills. He's big and athletic. But if you can't catch it, there's always a chance at the interference call. So you got to throw them the ball. I mean, they threw him the ball 14 times today, but throw him the ball a lot, plus more often deep because I think he can be their big play guy. Yeah, I mean, and so he he ends up with 14 targets, uh, one shy of what Vic said they they had to get him they had to get him 15 targets. So it, it looks good. Like it looks like okay, that was the game plan, but. Um, he was, he was one cat. One sorry to cut you off. He was one cat shy of a team record. Yeah. Which two guys have a team record? Trivia time. Fourteen catches. Uh, who has who has a team record? Give me the two guys. Tim Brown. Tim Brown's one. Jerry Rice. Nope. Tight end. Oh. Uh. Doug Jolly. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Brandon Myers. You guys both you both lose. So Brandon Myers had twelve. Or 14 in 2012. Vic wins because he's got the game notes sitting in front of him. So Yeah, I looked it up. That's a good trivia question. But fans at home can play along. Okay, okay. Um, but so 14 targets. Um, until that, that one late in the second quarter, that the, the one ball, ball thrown his way that he didn't catch, I mean, that was only the fourth target. So it was 10 targets, I think, came in, in the second half. And, and a lot of that was once the game was over and they were just kind of, you know, dumping off screen passes and short passes to him just because that's what was there. But... I mean, like, like Ted said, that that should be part of the early game plan. I don't know why we saw it. We saw it last week where they were targeting Derek Carrier early, and like just I mean, force the ball into the guy's hands early, and just make teams uh, react to to having to defend Darren Waller. I, I don't get why they haven't done that yet. I think part of it was Mike Zimmer had a quote about that was interesting about the the Raiders' strategy. He said they were afraid of our blitzes, so they kept everyone back. They had max protection, often keeping the tight ends back in the block early on and try and you know, get car clean and get the run game going. And he said our defensive linemen were able to beat their guys even in max protection. So, really, it played into our hands. So, I mean, just the, the strategy off the bat was kind of off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see, you mentioned earlier, I mean, Colton Miller, not a great game. Uh, Trent Brown played, um, played through injury. He, he gave up a sack. Um, he hit one he's point. He's limping pretty hard for the game. Yeah. He had a pretty serious limp. He's definitely not. He's playing through some some some, some soreness and some tough. He's really showing his toughness, but definitely not. Oh, sorry, is it his left leg that's hurt? Uh, okay, I'm trying to retrace his limp. Um, I'm not positive. <laughs> I'm not, I'm I want not, to picture you retracing the limp. Yeah, I can't, I can't quite get it. I'm not sure, but definitely he was in a lot of pain after the game. I think he's not. Not himself, which but still pretty good, but not dominant guy that he is when he's when he's healthy. You know, and I wonder at what point do you consider? I mean, is is having Trent Brown this early in the season play through an injury that's going to make him maybe not quite as good? I mean, I know they've got the fairly early bye; they've got two more games to, to get through until they have the bye. But uh, I mean, do you at, at what point are you risking? kind of not having a Trent Brown for an extended period um, versus uh, sending him out there limited. Yeah, maybe give him a week off against the Colts, and therefore get him back for the Bears, and you try and save Derek Carr's life against Khalil Mack in, in London. So yeah. maybe you want to give Trent a week off now just to make sure that Derek doesn't die overseas. 
<laughs> feels, um, feels like next week is kind of a must win though i know yeah. it's early but it feels like you know things could go south quick if they don't get a win next week i agree i think this uh this is definitely a, a really rough start to this road trip i think all the teams are tough i think the raiders i think there's a, there's a a clear-cut way now to attack this team, I think. You stack the box against Josh Jacobs, and you dare Derek Carr to beat you deep. And if you want if he wants to throw the ball 14 times to Darren Waller for 100 yards, you can live with that. So I think the Raiders' offense has to show something here next week, a little different wrinkle. Otherwise, they, they could be in for a long, tough stretch. You know, one thing, that the kind of the storyline from Derek Carr after the game that, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to counter here is, you know, he, being asked about, you know, how do you get the offense going and all that kind of stuff. And it was it was almost this assertion that hey you know we moved the ball I, I you know I think we did did fine it, we just didn't finish drives and uh, you know I I, just, I don't buy that argument right I mean it's it's not about moving the ball it's it, the whole the whole thing about football the whole thing about offense football is getting getting points on the board finding the end zone and I mean if you can move the ball a little bit and I mean it's not like they uh, had four hundred yards or anything like that I mean. They they didn't move the ball enough and they they didn't score. I mean that's that's the whole purpose of offensive football. And so it, if if they look at what they're doing out there offensively and thinking that it's just a matter of we're not we don't have really many issues offensively, we just aren't finishing drives. That to me is a concern. Yeah, I think the way Derek is wired, he always spins things you know to the positive. He's always trying to find the right thing to say to kind of get guys motivated and believing in in the cause. And at times, like like right there, he can sound delusional. He can sound like, "What, what are you talking about?" And you got you guys clearly did not move the ball well this game. But I, I get what he's doing. And it's it's early yet to panic, but I think there's definitely some major concerns offensively. He must be aware of them. He must know that you know, they're not doing what they should be doing. So I think he's trying to think of ways to spin it positively and get guys still believing that they can turn this around. Yeah, I mean, before the fourth quarter, Arif Hassan from The Athletic sent this out, or tweeted this out. He said, before the fourth quarter, Carr was only 14 of 19 for 127 yards, 6.7 yards per attempt. So that's not, you know, that's not great as far as moving a ball either. You're less than 130 yards before the fourth quarter passing is, uh, yeah, that's not, I wouldn't say that's moving the ball pretty easily. So, you know, th- th- Right now, the Raiders have their problems. But, I mean, the Vikings, is, is it was a very tough matchup for the Raiders offense. That's what John Gruden said. I mean, maybe it's possible. He said, you know what? The Chiefs and Vikings are probably two of the top, top teams in the NFL. So he's trying to take this with a grain of salt. And maybe that maybe that's correct. Maybe they play two great teams and we're kind of being a little harsh. But it does seem like they weren't very competitive. It does seem like they didn't have all the answers you know, schematically or, or talent-wise. So I think that's a little concerning. But. If these are, in fact, the two Super Bowl teams, then maybe these losses won't look so bad down the road. Yeah, I mean, I think the point is that you, you play good teams and you, you know, you, you lose to good teams and you kind of, you see those losses coming, but you want to see a little more competitiveness. You want to see more fight. You don't want to see, boom, you're you're in a 21 nothing hole. You don't want to see, uh, you know, a 28-point uh, quarter like they, they had last week against Kansas City. And, I mean, granted, the Chiefs' offense is, is ridiculously unstoppable and they just find receivers that can fly down the field like you know like they're that they're hanging out in the street corner but um yeah i mean you want to see you want to see a team be able to to be more competitive um and that's that's going to be the challenge next week that you know you can call it a must win against indianapolis and and sure if you're harboring playoff hopes um you you would call it that i mean i I don't i don't think any of us i know i know i know ted did Ted had him at Ted had him in the playoffs. I don't think either of us. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, before uh, no, before AB fiasco yeah. happened, right? 
I'm harboring non-depression, <laughs> suicidal Raider fans' hopes. That's why I'm. I mean, I just don't want this to be a repeat of last year. Last year was brutal, and I think um, you know this, this stretch is such a tough stretch, and that there's so little depth here and so little positives really at this point that you can say, you know what, we're going to be fine because we have this. I think it definitely is concerning. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, reading some of the the post game comments, uh, you know, I thought uh, what Tyre Whitehead had to say was uh, was pretty telling, and basically just this kind of calling this game this this is something you can't just move pa- move on past uh, it's a long road ahead and if we don't get this corrected it's going to continue to poke its head up uh, just kind of kind of indicating like you know we saw how things went sideways last year and and kind of admitting that the the early signs here are are dangerous that this could continue to go sideways and uh, I I hope you hope that uh, enough players on this team recognize that they uh they've got to find something different to do and they, they've got to find a different way to play because uh if they keep playing like this uh they, they're in trouble well they need they need the guys they brought in to make plays i mean they're bringing all these guys especially on defense like the marcus joiner cleveland furl i mean i know abram is out but all these guys you know perfect is good at getting guys in the right spot but it's not really making impactful plays today so i just think that the guys who brought in who are supposed to like help this defense take it up a notch they gotta make some plays you gotta make a stop here and there do something to kind of at least give the offense you know, reason to have some momentary concern or doubt about what they're doing. But like today, they just marched down the field whenever they, whenever they wanted to. Yeah, I, I think the big thing is this offensive line has to get healthy. Um, you know, hopefully, if, if Gabe Jackson comes back, he, that he's uh, play, he gets to play. He could play at a high level right when he comes back because you know Derek Carr is just a totally different quarterback when he has time to pass. He's not being harassed and. I think the only way that they can be competitive in games is if Derek Carr comes out and plays well every game. Uh, so, yeah, the line's a little beat up right now, and you know, hopefully with Gabe Jackson coming back and a little more time for Trent Brown to heal, they can play better and you know get Carr keep Carr clean. That's the only way they could be competitive. And I think the other surprise is uh, for the second straight week, uh, no pass receptions for uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, targeted twice, uh, he's only caught one pass on the year, and. Here's a guy that we talked about how much he was going to impact this offense, um, you know, not just in the in the running game, but in the passing game. And we see that the, the game plan from teams, uh, a large part of what the, the Vikings set out to do was to to stack the box and stuff him. And it, it it's pretty surprising that they aren't finding more creative ways to get the ball in his hands. And today you saw a lot of Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington on third down. So I wonder if that was a part of you – know, Josh mentioned he was sick this week, lost 10 pounds at one point. So maybe that was part of it. But, uh, you know, nothing against DeAndre or Jalen. But that's not really who you want to see in terms of, you know, having chances to make plays in, in the passing game. You want, you want the ball in, you know, in your first-round picks' hands. So I think that's something they, they got to figure out. Yeah, we saw them run some creative plays for Josh Jacobs in training camp too. So I think that's part of why it's so um... – confusing why they're not calling those plays in games they're saving them they're saving them for Khalil Mack <laughs> yeah I mean I guess a, a, another surprising thing is I, I mean I completely recognize how bad he was last week uh, Ryan Grant was was awful against the Chiefs but here's a guy who had been your one of your starting receivers the first two games and uh, he has a bad one you, you know we had talked about can, can he bounce back from that not even given a chance to bounce back, uh, the uh, inactive, a guy that Gruden talked about how badly he wanted to get him on this team, uh, had him start in the first couple weeks, and, and boom, uh, has a bad game, and he's inactive. Uh, Vic, that surprised you? A little bit, but the thing about not not a lot, because, you know, John is a very emotional coach, obviously. I mean, we saw last year with Keith Smith. Keith Smith you know, had those two chances early on and, and screwed them both up, 
and he was never heard from again pretty much as far as the offensive game plan went. I think John's a very emotional guy. I'm sure he took that took it hard how badly Ryan Grant was last week. And plus, you see what Keelan Doss, the highs and lows, like, you know, I love him. Now he's gone. Forget him. Oh, I want him back. Here's 800 grand. But it just so you see that it's it's tough with the roller coaster that he, he kind of rides with his emotions. I think I was so wasn't too surprised, but um, I'm surprised that they did it. And then Keelan Doss didn't, didn't touch the ball. They pretty much went with the main three wideouts the whole game. So that surprised me. If you're going to do it, at least give the young guy a chance to make a play because you desperately need playmakers. I mean, when Williams not being a factor, I mean, it's pretty much Derek Carr was dropping back with the second half and looking for Darren Waller. If he wasn't there, he was in trouble. So that's not going to work long term. Yeah, I mean, and then Tre- Trevor Davis also inactive, which that's not really a surprise. But you kind of thought maybe with with Dwayne Harris being out that uh, you would try to get Davis in there to at least add uh, some dy- dynamic ability in the return game, even if you can't really get him up to speed on the the game plan fully. Um, and instead, they went with Jalen Richard, who, man. I, the guy continues to look shaky back there when he's returning punts and kicks. I mean, another muffed one today. Uh, we saw a lot of that last year, last couple of years. And uh, at this point, it's it, it's it's not a comfortable feeling. You can kind of tell, like, if Dwayne Harris, if this injury is serious, you can kind of tell why Gruden wanted to go and, and get another returner because I, it's hard to feel too comfortable right now with uh, Richard out there in the return game. Right, but I was actually more surprised, more surprised about Davis than I was about Grant. I mean, if you're going to try a six-round pick on a Wednesday for a kick returner, I pretty much want to see him return kicks on Sunday. So I just don't – I know Grant said didn't, you know, offense have to pick up, yada, yada, yada. But obviously, Keelan Dawson didn't play much today. So that could have been, that could have been you know, the returner's role. So I just don't understand why I make that move and not play him. And you, like you mentioned, Jalen's definitely been shaky back there. I think they wanted to go with Renfro, but I think – you know, being a, a tough road crowd, maybe a rookie, it wasn't the, the spot to break him in in that role. So I think Renfro could be the guy at some point if Harris is out for a while and if Davis can't do it. But I think today was Jalen's one shot. Yeah, I think with Renfro, you get a guy that could secure to catch the ball securely but doesn't really offer that much as far as punt return. But Richard, he he can be electric with the ball in his hands, but the problem is, you know, he's, he's dropped a lot of kicks in the last couple of years, so – yeah, I think they need to, they need to get Davis up to speed pretty quick. And Rashard paid the price today. He got rocked. I mean, he picked that ball up and he got hit to, to Tuesday. So I just think um, there's so many so many issues today, and that was just one of them. So I just um, you know the team's going to bounce back. Everyone said the right thing in the locker room. How they're going to you know get them together and, and build from this. And you know there's still time to grow and improve and work on things. But it's definitely an alarming alarming uh, day at the office. The other kind of odd thing out of the inactives is uh, is Corey Legit still uh, inactive for the third straight game, still has not made his Raiders debut. And this is after, I mean, they Gruden pretty much said, yeah, I kind of expect him probably to play and um, still not seeing this guy. I don't, don't quite know why uh, why they brought him in if they're not uh, going to play him, right? It is bizarre. They brought him in off his couch pretty much, assigned him like about two weeks before the season started, didn't play any in the preseason. They said he's going to knock some rust off. He said he would get close. You know, and now it's been it's been three games he's missed. And I just, um, yeah, it's definitely weird. It's definitely um, they could have used him today. They could have like used uh, some more rotation up front. So I don't know. I mean, I, he's not really talking. The Gruden's not really touching it. But uh, it's definitely a bizarre signing and a bizarre just the fact that he hasn't gotten on the field yet. Yeah, well, I wonder if, if I mean, if it's because he's not healthy, I wonder if we'll see Anthony Rush maybe 
coming anytime soon, especially if the run defense is still struggling? Yeah, maybe. I just don't. I mean, I wonder if they did they sign him and he, they thought he was healthy and he wasn't. I mean, I, that's another question. Like, at what point do they realize they may have brought in damaged goods? Because that was the thing. He was, you know, he was a free agent the whole offseason. And apparently he was in, you know, in good shape and ready to go. And then you bring him in, and then all of a sudden now we're you know week three and he hasn't played yet. So I just uh, it was a weird signing then, and it's 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 weird now. You know, another aspect of this game that uh, didn't really affect the win loss kind of thing, but uh, you know obviously Daniel Carlson's return to Minnesota was a storyline, and um, after you know he was a draft pick by the Vikings, uh, played two games for him and gets cut, and ends up coming to the Raiders and and having a great rookie season. You know sets the franchise record for uh, field goal accuracy and uh, he's been great for the Raiders a uh, long long streak of uh, of consecutive field goals and then he gets here to Minnesota and uh, the end of a long drive that they they came up short on and first field goal attempt his only field goal attempt and of course he misses it and uh, I think the the crowd before the kick, they booed him. It was yeah. over here on TV, but it was loud. They definitely they went after him. Yeah, I him could hear it on TV. The, they even booed him on PAT attempts, right? The, the, the PAT was a light booing. It was like a, kind of like a smattering of boos in the background. But the field goal attempt, it was, the whole crowd was like, hey, this is the sucker that made us lose to the, the Packers. They were fired up, and they definitely booed loud, and he missed the kick and then hit the Doinked post. Doinked it off the, off the upright, right? You know, the horn sounded, and people were dancing in the aisle. So <laughs> it was definitely a rough spot for Petty, him. I feel bad. Petty. I feel bad for him, but – to me, that was a, a very fitting and uh, I don't know, symbolic, I guess, ending to what was a really, I thought, a ridiculous drive. That drive you mentioned, where they're down 31-7 in the mid-fourth quarter. It was a 13-play drive that went for 42 yards and took 6 minutes and 20 seconds. Down 31-7, and they got a missed field goal out of that. I just I don't understand Gruden's play calling in the fourth quarter. Maybe it's Carr and not want to take – I don't know what's going on, but – that is a that is a maddening number. 13-42-620, down thirty-one-seven in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I can't even get a Daniel Carson re- revenge field exactly. goal. Exactly, you can't even get a revenge field goal. Ah. All right. Well, it's oh, uh, enough it, negative stuff. Let's talk positives. Any positives? Positives. Positives. Darren Wall is a star. Darren, Darren Wall is fantasy a fantasy football, football star. God. Yes. yes. Uh, Tyrell movie. Williams. Tyrell Williams, three straight games with a touchdown catch. Uh, you know he's that was, uh, that was a garbage one today, though that one. Whew, but yeah, it still counts, though. Still counts. He's uh, he's on his way. He's got three touchdowns on the year already. Um, what other positives? What, what else uh, you got? Uh, Cleveland Furl almost had an interception. That's a positive. He almost made a play. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he knocked the ball down at least. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fine. Um, what else you got? Uh, didn't the punter do well? Didn't Cole have a good day? Yeah, Cole, uh, yeah. Cole had a good, really good day. There I you go. Gold star for Cole. 54.3 yards averaged on uh, on his four punts. Uh, very good. Two inside the 20. No touchbacks. AJ Cole, your, uh, your star of the game. You're giving him the, the star of the game award. I like the uh, flea flicker call. It's a good call. The touchdown to Nelson was a nice yeah. call. Yeah, yeah I mean, oh, that's nice positive. See. JJ Nelson yeah. making some plays. Yeah, I mean, uh, they they need to probably try to stretch the field with him a little bit more, give him some more opportunities to do that because uh, it's it, it it's looking pretty rough right now, and uh, and it it feels weird. It, it's one of those like last year where it's you know, early in the season, but it just it, when you have as much emotion as as went into the the week before the opener, um, 
the first couple of weeks of the season just just kind of wear on you a little bit more and it, it's it's hard to imagine that uh it's only week three and uh there, this is only the first of the five straight games away from the coliseum so it's well, uh that's, that's just, for me that's just it that today felt like it was a game last year it felt like one of last year's games you cross out you know jared cook's name you write in uh darren waller's name he gets those stats and this is what exactly what it was i mean they never had chance really in the game they got some garbage time stats and Derek's numbers are better than you would think they would be he's going to say positive things but to me this is exactly like a game last no pressure no quarterback pressure whatsoever so it felt like a game from last year which was you know a horrible season so that's uh to me that's why it was alarming because it felt like last year yeah, I mean, they're not forcing turnovers. That's that's the, the big thing about this defense. You know, we can say, you know, I, I think after the opener and and after last week, we were trying to say that they were improved on defense, and they probably are a little bit, but how much? I don't know. I mean, they're not they're not getting pressure. The, they're not forcing turnovers. Uh, no sacks today. Um, no interceptions through three games. Uh, they had you know three quarterback hits today is all, and I think that includes uh, – uh, probably the, uh, the the roughing the passer on Arden Key um, was just. It's... Well, they've clearly improved their run defense, but today against one of the top run offenses in football, that's that's not going to matter. I mean, that this team's going to run on anybody. I mean, their O line's that good, the scheme's that good, and Cook is that good. So, um, the run like defense tired being, out a bit too. Yeah, the run defense is not going to really make a difference today, but maybe it will, you know, in the past and in future games. That's definitely I think where they improved the most on defense, but today that wasn't a factor. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap up our post-game edition of State of the Nation. Uh, we're going to let Vic uh, go get some food back there in Minnesota and then uh, travel home safely just uh, just to get yourself rested up a little bit more for uh, for a nice long travel trip where you'll head to Indianapolis and then uh, then across the pond to London. So uh, enjoy your uh, your few days at home uh, this week, Vic, and then uh, get, get packing uh, again pretty soon. Yeah. Hopefully it's a better trip than this one was. This was... Uh... I don't know. Minnesota's okay. I had a decent time, but it's not, not a great city. Minneapolis, it's, it's, it's solid. At least you're there in September. That's true. Very true. All right. That'll wrap up this week's show, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again in the middle of the week. All right, guys. Take care. All right. See you guys.